Hey, this is Max, and you're listening to The Uncommon Truth, a podcast in search of the church the way Jesus meant it to be. Merry Christmas, and thanks for joining us, making The Uncommon Truth a part of your podcasting routine. If you're new to the show, let me tell you a little bit about what The Uncommon Truth is all about. I started this podcast about eight months ago, and the burning question in my mind as I started it was, is there something missing in Christianity from the way Jesus meant it to be? Are we missing something here in the 21st century North American church? My wife and I moved our family from the middle of nowhere in Manitoba, Canada, down to kind of the middle of nowhere in Northern California to a small town called Oroville because we were motivated to answer just that same question. Is something missing in our Christianity? Really, the uncommon truth is all about asking and answering some of those questions and trying to see uh, what's missing, what, what can we be doing differently, are we really the church the way Jesus meant it to be? Today we're going to be tackling one of those questions with my friend Steve Orsillo. He's the senior pastor of the Father's House Church here in Warville, Northern California, and we're going to be talking about the subject of love and whether or not we have redefined it or defined it correctly. Before we get started into that, though, I'd like to remind you to stick around for the end of the show. I've got some news coming up about The Uncommon Truth in 2020 that you won't want to miss, so definitely stick around to the end of the episode for that. I've also got ways that you can connect with us here at The Uncommon Truth and get some questions answered or, or just let us know what you think of the podcast. So stick around to the end of the episode. And without further ado, let's get to Steve and The Uncommon Truth. Thanks for listening. All right, welcome back to The Uncommon Truth, Steve. Yep. We've kept your seat warm with Jordy the past few weeks, which is awesome, as always. But it's always good to join you in uh, on the podcast here on The Uncommon Truth. We are, we're right now, we're upstairs in our church, which is, we're surrounded by a, a toppling wall of totes and boxes and mismatched Christmas things because our church is now completely turned into winter wonderland winter wonderland we've actually got snow downstairs no ball fight we got a big sledding hill uh we've got santa's little workshop there yep. and we're getting getting busy finishing off giving about 1200 kids christmas 300 more tonight yep and then in 12 hours it will be like it never happened Look just like the church it'll it'll all be back so With we got uh, the ant farm of workers that yeah. will show up to clean this up yeah, it will. It is what actually a like church, that. huh? It's crazy. So, you ever seen anything like it? If you hear a big uh, crash or a bang, that's just uh, Santa's clothing yeah. falling on us, <laughs> which is drying out from the snowball fights. That's going to be some of these uh, some of these Christmas tree boxes toppling on us. But hopefully, we'll survive. I I had brought a Nerf gun to sort of keep Steve awake during the show. If <laughs> if uh, we'll, we'll see if I get to use it. Wouldn't be the but first if, time I was <laughs> shot with a Nerf gun. <laughs> So, uh, Steve, I wanted to bring you on because I think, well, when we think of the holiday season, we're always thinking about love, right? And yep. and we're surrounded by those we love. We're surrounded, well, hopefully, at least. We're, Christmas cheer, right? Right. And um, and I think, I think we in the church in general have a kind of distorted view of what what that means and and what love means. So a lot of the times we're we're talking about love and. And we go to like First John, or we go to um, 
thirteenth chapter in in Corinthians about this is this is love and love and we, is love is right and we know it we know it you go to a wedding you hear it um, or yeah. you right but I'm not sure we know it know it or maybe maybe we know it in our heads but we're we're practicing something different so today I wanted to get your thoughts on what happens when we redefine love not based on kind of what we know the Bible says or what Jesus said or um, anything like that, but more based on what we feel or what we think or what we experience around us. Right. I think it's, we all have a very clear picture of love, but it gets edited through life because people who say they love us don't act like they say they're going to. They don't act like the imitation of love that we get shown and so we begin to edit our love to become whatever we want it to be and for so many people it's what we want it to say you know we we want to say love is this and so it is Hmm. but the truth is and for a christian anyway from person who um is aware of god's presence on the earth god is love and what we do is instead of defining love like that, we define it as everything on earth. Like we get up in the morning and we'll say, I love my uh, coffee. I love my I coffee. Step out and we say, I love the smell of morning. Yeah. Um, I love, I love a, fr- I love the smell of fresh cut grass. We'll, we'll, de- we'll, you know, we'll say it to our dog. I love my dog. I love you dog. And we'll say to our wife as she gets out of bed, uh, I love you, honey, and our kids run up. Mm-hmm. I love my kids. And we use the same word, and we don't mean it the same. We truly don't mean it the same because we don't mean we love our dog or our grass, you know, the same as our wife or children. But really, we don't also define it as God is love. Mm-hmm. We don't say that what love means from God's visage, God's personality, how he is, who he is, is really what we mean about the fresh smell of morning or you know, I, yeah. You know, I love my couch. I love my, I love my bed. I love sleeping, <laughs> and we use that word to describe so many, uh, such an array of things. But it doesn't. It well, all it really does is cloud the issue of what love is. Mm. Love is demonstrated by God in giving, for for sure, giving life, giving structure, giving intelligence, giving us the ability to be more like him than any other creature on earth. There is no creature like us. And uh, there's nothing even close. There's nothing like they are all close to each other because a whole group of them operate by instinct. Um, almost all of them do. And they some migrate, some hibernate. They have different categories. But they are all very similar. Four-legged, two-legged, you know, eight-legged. The creatures of this world are all in a very similar, you know, category, you know, big, yeah. big category, widespread, but still nothing like humans. Humans stand alone. Um, all of the, you know, brain neurons, whatever you call them, all of the the things in our brain that, that cause us to be so different, so different. We are not instinctual and we, we are completely different and that creation was love and we don't we don't ever define it as love we don't i don't think we want to say that everything god does we can put in the category of love 
But the truth is, it is. If if God if it's true that God is love, then everything He does is love. Right. And so we read all these things like drowning the whole world, and saving eight human beings, and drowning all the animals, and saving two each. Uh, you know that's just not love. Mm. Not not by our definition. Not by our grass and dog definition. You know. Yeah. I wouldn't die for my grass. I wouldn't die for morning. I wouldn't die for my uh, dog. I probably would die for my wife, and I'm sure hope i would yeah and my children for sure them you know i sure hope i would and then all the members of my church but what about the de- the people that are mean to me and rude to me mm. god came became a man dwelt among us and died for the guys driving the nails through his wrists yeah i mean holy moly i know i have a little bit to learn about love because yeah. i i can get pretty irritated by someone driving wrong <laughs> and, uh, oh yeah. yeah, we've talked about that on the yeah, podcast. Yeah, I mean, I can get that quick. I can just me. snap. I can snap to it, man. Yeah, I can snap to an unloving position. Whereas, you know, God can get kind of edgy about the things we do to harm each other, the things we do to say He's not good, or the things we do that say He's He, we, he doesn't matter. Mm. He can get He can get edgy pretty quick on those things, and <clears throat> that yeah. has to be part of. God is love. Well, it seems that when when you're talking, so there's 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 this really wide band of the things that God does, and if God is love, then all those things are love as well. And on on one side, we don't we don't go far enough, or or we say, well, that can't be love because because we don't agree with it. That's not our idea of love. Um, when we're talking about discipline or you're talking about the flood, right? Like right. that can't be love. So we we cut off that whole side of it to one right. side. But then on right. the other side, we don't we we don't go far enough and say, "Well, I'm willing to die for complete strangers." Or how about how about live for complete strangers? Yeah, right. Every parable, Jesus is saying, you know, he asks for your shirt, give him your coat. Your coat, give him your shirt. Also, he asks you to go a mile, go an extra mile. He slaps you on the face, turn your other cheek. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's way far that way. It's like lay down your life for your neighbor, good Samaritan, bandaging a stranger up and paying for him and coming back, going way out of his way. Yeah. You know, well, who is my neighbor? When that was all about loving your neighbor, well, who is my neighbor? And he tells the story of the good Samaritan. I mean, every story he told, defending the vineyard, you know, giving your life for something other than you, Mm -hmm. uh, taking the lowest seat in the room and humbling yourself. Uh, dying for those around you, picking up your cross, denying yourself. Those are all part of the definition of love. They are also the definition of believe. And I think when someone says, I believe in God, what they're really saying is, I love God. Most of today's culture, we have two things, two groups that are active and growing in the world, in my opinion. The Holy Spirit movement is all about God loves me. Mm. And I think the other one is God's going to bless you. And um, so they're all one direction. They're very one directional. In fact, the pastors of the God loves me and God's going to bless me. His greatest, he's got such good things for you. The guys who are really grown with that message, they complain about the depth of their the leadership in their church. They don't get any depth. One guy used this term to describe it. I went to his church in Chandler, Arizona. He got up on the stage and he put on an adult diaper over his jeans. 
And he he was talking about we never we're supposed to grow past diapers. If someone my age is wearing a diaper, you know that something is wrong with their growth, mm. with their body, with their function. And so he said we're a mile wide because we're huge. They were 13, yep. 14,000 members, but we're an inch deep. Mm. And I was shocked. I, I that was so uncomfortable. Watch that guy preach that message in a diaper. But his point <laughs> he preached was preach a whole message in the diaper. Oh yeah, and he they were it was really uncomfortable. And, and you see that church did not grow. Yeah. Because they made people that uncomfortable, but I was yeah. uncomfortable. I imagine he doesn't do that very often, but no. that's what his complaint was. He finally got frustrated. 14,000 people. And here at the Father's House, we have 200 people who can do this kind of an event. Yeah. They have 14,000. You're it's talking hard. about our, our big Gift of Hope Yeah, event. this Gift yeah. of Hope event. It's Giving crazy. Giving gifts to 1,200 it's, kids. Oh, and, and the, the church being turned into a winter wonderland between Sunday services. I mean, holy moly. This this crowd is dedicated lovers of God, and and so that guy with fourteen thousand people finds it very hard to get anything done. That's the complaint: is I can't, you know, people just don't want to do anything, yeah, because it's all about God loves me. Well, I think that the love of God is really defined by the word believe, and believe is defined by the love for God. Mm. He loves us. I accept that. And I accept all the amazing, I mean, my testimony of amazement uh, in God's grace towards me, that he didn't squish me, that he forgave me, he didn't reject me. And besides that, then he started to bless me and use me and lets me do his work and call myself by his name. Yeah, Pretty amazing love that he shows me. So therefore, then I say, I believe. Well, I think it's hard which way to go. I love I believe. And I think I believe is the best term to use for I love God. Hmm. Whereas people use it to describe a, a set of facts being accepted. Yeah. I accept the terminology. I accept, I believe he really is there. I believe he really did this. And they think that's the word believe. But to believe and be born again, to believe and be given eternal life, I think is interchangeable with it just I starts love. Blurring that line yeah. between love. I yeah. think it's love and. Love includes giving your life for the world that is bad, mm -hmm. for the world that hates you, for the world that is not your friend, for your neighbor, and for your brothers and sisters. I think it's not just dying, but also living the life laid down for them. Yeah. I personally have the ability, even at my age, to go out and, and really still really build something for my future and my kids' future, my grandkids and their grandkids. I mean, I have something that I have the abilities and gifts to last forever, but I I would rather use these gifts and talents for the building of souls, the teaching of truth, the laid down life. I'd take all my gifts and talents and lay them down for a community that hasn't, you know, not necessarily accepted me that well. Well, yeah, and this this community, even if they the community we're in, even if they were like all on board. What do they really have to offer you, right? There's there's not much. We got falling down houses, we got oh, yeah. abandoned cars. Well, you know. and their present state, nothing. Right. But you probably know this, half my staff is them. Yeah. Because God loves them and he wants me to love them right where they are. And the real fact is he loves them too much to leave them that way. Mm -hmm. And if they'll respond in belief or like I said, interchanging love, 
and love God back. Let first, first it's important, sit down and receive the love of God. He loves you. All this terror you've lived out there in Southside, all this horrors of being abandoned by those who should have loved you, all of the, you know, prejudice against you for the color of your skin, the economics, the education, the, you know, whether you're fat or skinny, the judgments for your physical appearance and all of those things, they were not his, they were not his choice. That was not what he would have chose for you. He has blessing for you if you'll just come so they have to come and receive the love of God. But then it is 100% required. You cannot have and hold the blessings of God unless you return to him the love that he's given you. And that love has to be his love, not your love. It has to be his, his God standard, right? is love. His standard of fearing Lord is the beginning of wisdom because... Doing it right is what he's looking for. Doing it right is part of belief. Doing well, loving him is part of love. It's a marriage. It's what good is a marriage where only one person loves the other, but the other one doesn't love. Mm. It's always miserable. Well, a relationship with God is he loves us. We must love him in return. And it's not really a love relationship until both of us love each other. Yeah. What does So my wife likes things certain things. If I know those things and do them, she's happy. If I know those things and don't do them, she's not happy. If I do other things she doesn't like, it doesn't impress her. Mm -hmm. And so God is the same thing. I want to ask him, what do you say love is for you? How do you receive love? And this is what Jesus said when God became man and dwelt among us. He said, if you love me, you'll obey me. Now, he also said, The Bible also says this is the love of the Father, that he sent his only son to die on a cross. For this is how we know he loves us. He sent Jesus to die on a cross. And Jesus said, for God so loved the world, that he sent his only begotten son, so that whoever would believe in him should not perish, but have everlasting life. Whoever. And so I believe love is defined in him, by him, he gave his life to us for us, and we obey him by loving one another, giving our lives one to another, living for and dying for each other. That's what he calls love. Obey me, I will say it's love, and the only thing I'm commanding of you is that you love one another as I have loved you. Mm-hmm. First, believe in the one he sent, Jesus. Give your life to Jesus in a love relationship. And then there's only one more thing to do. Love your neighbor, love your brother as I have loved you. Mm -hmm. And it's like, whoa, this is a definition of love. I don't have to study love much. I do know when my dog runs up to me, I mean, that dog is wagging its butt. It is (laughs) wagging its whole body. It is so happy to see. It thinks I'm worthy of something. I mean, it would race into a lion to save me. Mm-hmm. There's lions on my hill, and it would fight a lion for me. And I think it it really does love me by instinct. It demonstrates love by instinct. But I know when I don't love my dog. No, if I define love as God gave his life for me, I give my life for him, and I believe by obeying him to give 
my life for other human beings, I would not race into the lion's mouth to save my dog. Yeah. I would not. In fact, I would use my dog being eaten by the lion to escape the lion. <laughs> yeah. But if you, fast. Max, were attacked by that lion, I would go fight the lion with a, with, to, to save you. Oh, I appreciate that. <laughs> I would let it eat. I would get it to eat me. I would actually run slower. I'm old, so I'd run slower anyway. But <laughs> if, if I could outrun you, I wouldn't outrun you. I would say, you run ahead. I'll slow it down. Mm. But I, you know, I always use the example if the if the pit bull jumps out of the hedge. And there are pit bulls every everywhere other in house. the street. Yeah. yeah. Every house here. And they get out of the fence all the time. Yeah. And I know. Without thinking that I go into the pit bulls, I go right after the pit bull to save my friends. And I never thought, I never knew whether that was me or not. But you have to be attacked by a pit bull to be able to know if you'd chase it. Yeah. You'd, you'd, you'd tell the people, you get up, get up on the car. I'll chase it away. I'll save you. I'll give you, I'll buy you time. And I think that most of us don't know if we really love one another. Hmm. You know, your little girls, I mean, I would... I would jump into lion's mouth to save them. The preciousness of children, man. I would, I I would stab myself to save them. I mean, I'd do whatever. And you know, that's a ridiculous, yeah. ridiculous example. But the innocence. I just was hugging my little granddaughter at her Christmas performance at mm-hmm. the school, and I mean, oh my gosh, those kids. I, I was looking out into the audience at the preciousness that these people in the audience uh, have created on that stage. There must have been a hundred kindergartners there. I don't know how they have so many. And <laughs> yeah. um, I looked out and saw all these young people that I was at their kindergarten play mm-hmm. with my wife when our kids, they're our kids' age, they're our kids' contemporaries, and now they have kids. And their grandparents, I see in the crowd, were the parents with me. I saw a whole bunch of the parents who were at those kindergarten things, what, 30 years ago when mm-hmm. Nicole was six, you know. And her daughter's up there now. And it's just amazing what we create through love, through how God gave us this to fall in love, love one another, create babies. And we call that making love. But that's not love. Love is that is not even love in itself. The preciousness of those children should emote love from us. Mm. It should cause love in us where I would just go up and I want I want to protect all those little. So guys. We, we glimpse a little bit of of God's standard of love with kids i've heard you talk about that understanding how god a little bit of how god must feel about you when you had when you had your first daughter right oh yeah and and all the boys all the guys around here you're one of them yep uh when they they had they thought they knew everything until they met their first child Mm -hmm. and those of us that had a first girl it's like it's like and total admission they own me they yeah, own I've got three of them now. Now, honey, I love you, and I've always I do love my wife, and I love my wife. I put her above my children, but my children owned me the second they were born, mm. and that first one completely changed me. I knew I had never experienced anything like this, and I thought about it. I don't think I love God like I love this baby. I need to change that. Yeah, and and my baby, my first baby, who's thirty something now, thirty six, thirty seven, she. Uh, 38. She, we won't tell her to yeah, listen to this episode. Yeah, yeah, don't listen. I, me trying to figure out when. 81, <laughs> she was born. My little brain was going all over. But loving her taught me how to love God better. 
Yeah. I honestly did. I went out and looked at the stars and said, I don't know what to do because I've never felt this before. And I want to love you like this. Mm. And I said about my, I went to my mom. I said, I'm sorry. I didn't know. Yeah. I didn't know you loved me like that. And I never loved you like that. Mm. I never returned to my love to my mom the way she loved me. Yeah. And I looked at God and said, I have never returned the love to you that Jesus showed me. I'm going to set my life on a course of showing you love like you love me. That's what I want to do. Yeah. I feel I feel like this like we all instinctually get this on a certain level and yet in society we've got all these these definitions of going going back to that kind of trying to think of well God is love so therefore he right. must fill in the blank, right? And I think of like yeah. well th- therefore he must agree with me or not punish me or uh, not offend me, right? right? Or the people, th- I I hear a lot of people say, well, I, I'm not really into Christianity because, you know, they don't they don't see things the way I see them. So right. th- how could they love me? And right? they hate. Right, We're, exactly. You know, um, I was thinking, I was reading about how the Salvation Army, of all places, you know, this time of year, can't walk into the grocery store or Walmart without hearing the bells jingling at right. each door, right? And they, they've got probably the biggest track record of helping people in North America. Right. And they go all over the world. They're everywhere. Um, and they, like, I've, I've known some Salvation Army folks. It is like an army. They, they give everything. They don't own their own houses and cars. They're all together, right? Everything. Right. And all of that for the least of these in some pretty crazy neighborhoods. All that to say that the mainstream media is calling the Salvation Army, a, a hate group now. Right. Um, because they they have made the stand of saying... We don't agree. We, we don't agree with with this certain group of right. people. We don't right? agree with your we position. But we the, they don't agree, but they are the number one, the number one helpers of people in their in their position right the we're, least we're talking about we're right. talking specifically about people who identify as homosexual that that group they're the number one helper of poor homosexual inner city people provide right. them in everything they need and yet they're called a hate group because they don't agree yeah i hate you cuz i don't agree with you is the stupidest conclusion that i've ever heard but that it goes along with um the the one you know in the first chapters of the Bible it says God made man in His own image and then man made a T-shirt said and man oh Time magazine said it and man made God in His own image yeah and that is more true even though it's not the truth of God did not man did not make God man has defined God by his own image mm-hmm. and that group is just redefining God saying that. We love, so therefore we're in with God. And I, I don't doubt, I, I don't have anything bad to say about these people. I have bad to say about that conclusion you just made. Yeah, the that ideas, if we don't agree, right? we hate. And that's just ridiculous. But it's, it is the prevailing thought of today. And so I don't want to keep chipping away at God is love. God says what love is. God is love, so what he does is what love is. 
mm-hmm. and man's choices do not get to be redefined as love. God will define love. We will use the word. We'll just use whatever word we want to use. Yeah. But I think that's probably the biggest thing in Christendom right now is we're allowing God's love to be redefined to whatever we want it to be. Mm-hmm. His grace is big enough, they all say. And it is, but it's also defined very clearly by him. And it's really only his opinion that's going to matter. Yeah. If this is true, what I believe, and I believe it is, but if it is, we're not going to go up there and have a debate with God. We're not mm-hmm. going to be able to give a reason that will change his mind. Yeah. He says clearly, besides God is love, he says, I change not. People who knew him best said he has a whole bunch of things he that bother him, and he has a whole bunch of things that he really loves. And I want to be caught, found, apprehended, possessed by God who finds me doing right, hmm. finds me doing good. And I know the Salvation Army takes care of those people regardless of what they believe. Yep. To be, and if they call them haters, they'll still take care of them. Mm-hmm. And I know we will too. We 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 get we're giving away presents to twelve hundred kids, and we get complaints. Oh yeah, and it's uh it's interesting uh, yeah. the complaints. It's like whoa, the entitlement is crazy, but it's awesome to see these young girls, especially the girls. You know, mm-hmm. they just want to make them feel better, and it's it, I I just love these ladies that work here. I just love all these people. They, they just want to make them feel better. Here, someone's complaining about getting free gifts for their children. And they're, it's like. Yeah, that's not my first response is make him feel better. Yeah. <laughs> the, these, I mean, uh, this little girl from Australia the other day, just, you know, trying one to of make our them team, feel or better. One of our, yeah, one of our yeah, One students. of our team members from Australia. This other girl's from Canada. They just want to make them feel better. You know, and they, they're coming to me saying, is it appropriate to. Uh, tell them off. I said, no, <laughs> let them say their piece and love on them. Yeah. And they said, yeah, that's what I did. Cause I just, I was overwhelmed with a desire to help them feel better. Yeah. I said, man, that, that's, that is good stuff right there. Someone calling your name, you, you put thousands of hours. Well, everybody all together, put lots mm-hmm. of hours in and this person is tearing it all down, questioning our character, telling us we're all, and all we, all the people here want to do is make her feel better. Mm-hmm. Hey, is there any way we can do to make you feel better? You're obviously yeah. upset. Is there anything we can do to help you? Yeah. And and it is interesting this the farther you go down this tunnel or this uh rabbit hole of of redefining love, it really seems it it seems like it's it's towards selfishness, right? This um this what do what do I it's almost like, well, let's make God com- conform to my love languages. Uh, rather than me me loving him the way that he wants to be loved right right um so i'm I'm thinking of this like okay what is what is important to me and and make sure god gives that to me right. and um yeah we have we have people this process of getting kids gifts it started back in the fall mm-hmm. where we had to like we were screaming from the mountaintops we had we had billboards that we were paying to make sure nobody missed christmas that couldn't afford it right Right. and uh so so we were putting our ministry's money into that to make sure hey we want to let you know we want to give you christmas gifts and don't miss the registration and we we can't we can't do all this work without 
at least knowing what your kid wants for Christmas. Yeah. So if you don't come, you know, in October and let us know what your kids want for Christmas, how could we possibly buy enlist the help of these this community around yeah, us right. to help buy them gifts, right? And so logically that makes sense uh, when you explain it to somebody, but you still get the the phone calls, people driving by our our winter wonderland, yeah. wondering how they can get involved and like get their kids signed up, right? And it's like, well, you never let me know. And you've ruined Christmas for my whole family. <laughs> know, I'm I like, know, man, that that hurts me to we, know, yeah. you know that. <laughs> and we do everything we can to find them. Sometimes oh. they move every year, and we yeah. send them messages, make phone calls, and they have different numbers every week, and you just can't find them all. Yeah. And so we try. We actually try to get the de- get out there and tell them, hey, it's time to sign up. We got signs, radios. I mean, we got billboards. Yeah. Sign up for Gift to Hope. And uh, it's funny that. We have a department over there, dead serious, these four days. Their whole job is the people that didn't show up, that were notified didn't show up, is to give them more time and space and a place to come get the gifts. Yep. A kid that was assigned up for Monday can come tonight and get the whole experience. But then there's a deadline. After that, all they can do is call tomorrow and get gifts. Yeah. So they can't have the whole experience. And these people are working and they're so excited to make it up for the kids that missed out to get what we, we prepared for them and what the town prepared for them. The whole community oh, yeah. did this. It was amazing. And they, and so when the kid doesn't parent, it's all the parents, you know, they didn't show up. The kids, the they can still, we still chase them down. Mm-hmm. We call them day, every day this week, we've called the ones who missed Monday. Like they got, most of them, they got it to them. Yeah. They'll probably, these kids will probably jump in a car and drive it to them. Yeah. They'll deliver it to them so that kid gets what was prepared for. Oh, yeah. Well, I mean, you just have to picture the kid not having Christmas gifts on on Christmas morning. No matter what the parent says to you or how they treat you. Right. um, There's even even whole groups that will say, okay, what would a nine-year-old boy want? What would a nine-year-old boy want for Christmas? I'm going to make sure... I make that make just in case a nine-year-old boy comes with his cousins who are already signed up and he's not signed up. They created extra gifts, right? I know. It's amazing. And, and I think this is not, this is not us tooting our own horn about, Hey, look no. how much we do. I'm praising these young people, but it's the, it's the love of God and the response to his yeah. love for us that says, okay, I, I want you to, to experience that too. And of course, we're all on a, a journey, right? Because yeah. we still have that, like, we still have that bitter taste when somebody comes and and tries to blame me at the registration booth yeah, for yeah. get not. You never called me. It's like, well, I can look here. I left yeah. four voicemails and and three emails and yeah. So so there's fifty or sixty people been on the team longer than you. You're like a newbie. Yeah, and you've been here a while now, and you've heard this dog grass coffee wife kids love story quite a few times Mm -hmm. already right in a short time can you imagine how many they've heard it yeah and we talk about this all the time the definition of love it is not what they're saying it is we don't get to change love love has a meaning and love is god and you know you've heard it i I use that example that you've heard it already a bunch of times and the people have been you know that live here years and years they get to hear it over and over because it's one of the most and what we're talking about today is one of the most important subjects on the planet earth what is love how do we define it and man does not take god is love and change it 
Well, I don't want him to be like that. Mm. I don't want him to be a drowner of the world. I don't want all those stories of destruction and war. I don't want all that to be God. Yeah. I want a God who's way more like Santa Claus. <laughs> yeah. You know, yeah, might exactly. have a list, might be checking it twice, but the consequences are simply a lack of receiving maybe. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, and, you know, when I was a kid, it was a bag of rocks. Yeah. No one ever says that anymore because we don't want it to be a negative response. Maybe you just don't get the good response. If we keep turning the dial on what love is, we can make anything uh, legal. We can actually make it possible for you to love your cat. We make it possible for you to love your house. And we can, if we keep redefining love, we can use it however we want. And three people really can be in a love relationship. Why not four? Why not get us back to polygamy? Or, or you can, you can make it impossible to fail in public school. Make it impossible to because fail because that can't be that can't be love. That can't right? be love. Never punish anyone. That can't be love. And then you can start a movement that God does not punish. You can start a movement that He does not, you know, cause negative, negative things. He does not take away. Um, and you can just change. You can change the definition all you want. And what I love is that I'm pretty strong on the negative side of this, and you have to say this is love. Mm-hmm. When something bad happens in the Bible, when really um, wiping out certain sin from the earth, and you have to say that is love. Why? How is that love? I, well, we will all know one day, but if we study it, we can know what love is. We can know that those things are love. And as I teach that around here as much as I do, I don't, go around saying, are you loving? You know, you've never had that. Oh, is that loving? Mm -hmm. You know, what would love do? What is love? I don't go around saying that, but, but as many times I teach and you hear it, I trying to get us to just, I don't want to define love. I want to define God. And if we can find out who God is, we find out what love is. And then like I said, these heroes, these people that build this, you built this, you're out there working on it. They're out there. And I described the girls who are trying to make someone feel better. And I've described the other department that's trying to make sure the kids get their gifts, mm-hmm. even though if their parents failed to bring them. Yeah. It was signed up. It was prepared for. Somebody went out of their way to buy them gifts. Let's make sure those kids get these gifts. Yeah. That whole department, that's just the response of let's define love. Let's look at God and see who he is. And then remember, once we've defined him, once we've looked at him, we've said this is who he says he is, we read them in every every service now. We read verses about who God says he is because in the end, once you've read that, and some of them are kind of like yeah. the great and powerful <laughs> Oz-type scriptures. Yeah. <laughs> great and powerful God. Yeah. I hold the keys of life and death, you know, in Hades. And so you you see that at the end, you got to say, that's love. Mm-hmm. He is love. Now, then the question, who does that make me? And people doing all these deeds, making snow villages. Tonight, you guys are going to work yourselves to death, tearing us down. You're just all going to put your life into it. You're back into it. And you'll you'll be satisfied because you did it for 1,200 kids. Mm. You did it for their families, the moms and dads. You did it to cast a vision of who God, what's possible with God. And it was all loving God that, co- yeah. that causes it. If we just keep talking about who he is and that he is love and that we want to love him in return, first he loves us, and then we say because he loves us, we now want to make sure our expression is we love him. Yep. And what does it look like? What does love look like? It should look like something. Mm-hmm. 
And in this case, it looks like a snow village and a bunch of people wearing funny elf hats. And oh, yeah. Saying Merry Christmas and telling the they Jesus They call story. me Baldy the Elf. Oh. Baldy the Elf. Wow. Hope that doesn't hurt your feelings. No, that's all right. My, do- <laughs> my, middle, my middle daughter asks me every morning, Dad, where did hair go? Where did hair go? <laughs> and then my older daughter chips in. Silly, it melted down his face. Oh, so ma- it, it went in. It went underground and came out on his face. <laughs> yeah, it, yes. gravity took over. Yeah. So I guess to finish off, what I what I hear you saying is, when we when we don't instinctually see something, we're saying, okay, well, this doesn't feel like my cultural definition of love. There's there's like it doesn't feel like one and one make two. When we're right. saying, okay, well, this this is what God's expressing. It doesn't yeah. really feel like feel like love. We have a choice to make. We either figure out how that is His expression of who He is, so we get closer to Him, or we we have to turn our back and say, well, that's that's not good enough for me, right? I think so. I think I think that. Um if we don't concentrate, we will do that. We will turn around. We will say, I don't agree, and then redefine. Mm. If we will concentrate, look at it, let him tell us, let his actions tell us, then we will we will just automatically grow into it. And concentration that, takes a little bit of work. Yeah. It's, you, you just don't, it just doesn't fall off a log. You're not a Christian because your grandma was a Christian. You're not a Christian because your mom took you to church as a child or, or baptized. Mm-hmm. You are not a believer based on that. And so believer is lover. Lover acts uh, towards self-sacrifice. Love is self-sacrifice. Mm-hmm. Um, your children would be, they would perish without you and your wife. They depend on you. Yeah. And you would actually survive without them. Mm-hmm. So there's a growing process. And all of us need to start out as babies who depend on God. Spiritual babies being nurtured and fed by God and t- to grow into adults who he can trust to carry his message, to carry his love to the world. Mm. And his love is to tell them who he is, not change who he is, not uh, turn the dial to where we want it to be, but to tell them who he is, believe who he is, live who he is as an example, and tell them to love him in return. Mm -hmm. And he sees love again as obey me. Obey me means lay down your life for your neighbor. Love one another as I have loved you. And believe in God. Love God. Yeah, that, I think that's that's a great way to to sum it up, and um, yeah, I, I appreciate that. You're Merry welcome. Christmas. Merry Christmas. Thanks for listening, guys. I hope you guys have a Merry Christmas. Merry and, Christmas, everyone. And we'll see you again soon. Love Jesus. Well, we're coming close to the end of our time here. I hope you found that discussion thought provoking and challenging. We call the podcast The Uncommon Truth because it's truth that really isn't that common. It's pretty unique here in the Western North American church. And I think it's conversations like these that we really need to be having more of in the church. Along those lines, if you know somebody who you think should check out The Uncommon Truth, or maybe you thought this conversation was something that one of your friends or family members would be interested in hearing, 
I've gone ahead and shared a link in the show notes so you can scroll down below the description of this episode and you can copy and paste that smart link and it will take whoever opens it to their preferred podcasting platform. So if they're on a Mac or an iPhone, it'll take them to Apple Podcasts. If they're on a Google phone or or on a PC, it's going to take them to Google Podcasts or Spotify. So go ahead and share that with somebody you think would find it useful. As promised before, I've got a little bit of news for The Uncommon Truth coming up leading into the new year 2020. We're going to be taking a little bit of a holiday break over the next two weeks, but we're going to be coming back with a lot more vigor and ready to start out 2020 with a bang starting on the 13th of January. So you're going to have two weeks until the next episode drops from the day that this one's dropping. And you can use that time to, of course, hang out with family and friends and and enjoy some good food. But you can also use that time to catch up on some of the uncommon truth that you might have missed. If you're a new listener, we've got 37 episodes in our back catalog. And they're all what we call in the business evergreen, which means we're not talking about current events. We're not talking about news as it's happening the day that we're recording or anything. It's all stuff that you really can find useful really anytime. If you've already caught up, you can use some of that time to head on over to our YouTube channel and catch up on some of the sermons from some of the guests you hear on The Uncommon Truth. I've got that link in the description below in the show notes. You can also do a little bit of Christmas shopping in those show notes. I've got a link to Steve's books on Amazon. So if you want even more content from Steve, you can check out some of his books there. Last but not least, if you'd like to hear something coming up in 2020 here on the podcast, you want to hear Steve or Jordy's opinions or any of our other guests' opinions on a certain subject, you want to give us some reviews on what you think about the show or some things that you'd like to hear covered, go ahead and shoot me an email. I've included my email address down there in the show notes as well. I'd love to hear from you, and maybe I'll even shout you out on air. And that's going to do it for us here on The Uncommon Truth for the year of 2019. Thank you so much for making it an amazing year. Thanks for joining us and making The Uncommon Truth part of your podcast portfolio. And we will see you again in the new year. Merry Christmas, Happy New Year, and God bless. Thanks for listening to The Uncommon Truth.